cycle? No, it starts with hey there. <laughs> oh, hey there. Okay, one more time. No, that's all right. Just keep rolling. Hey there. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits in the Santa Cruz Recycle Garage. Hotter than Hades today, brought to you by Moto Bandita. Yeah, all right. That'll work. Hey guys, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. This is your host, Doc Tonight. We have a really short studio, short number of people in the studio. Uh, Zach, we have Zach here. Yeah, I exist. Jonathan. Yeah, hello, hello. Back from Pakistan, Liza Maine. This is your friend Liza. <laughs> Back from Crackalakistan. <laughs> and Kat. I'm stuck on the SARS couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Liza uh, had a red lobster in Dubai and, and she's like growing arms out of her back now. I'm barely <laughs> existing right now. <laughs> the sea bugs will get you, man. She's I'll like, tell you what. <laughs> Liza's existence right now. Is hey, one I'm just at a time. I'm just rocking the NPR voice. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> just keep going, keep going. She. Uh, uh, when did you get back, Liza? Yesterday afternoon at one. Yeah. But I left at eight in the morning yesterday, the day before. Oh wow! Ooh. So you, you and you got convoluted, here, you, you which means when I left, you, I left at eight in the morning on the day I arrived, but it was still yesterday when I left. So you're from the future. Uh, yes, she I is. came from cool. the future. She came from the future 28 hours ago, right? Did you yeah. play Chuck Berry on front of a stage and watch yourself disappear? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was actually <laughs> on the plane trying to com- contemplate if I was actually time traveling or not. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Contextually, I think you were time traveling. I finally figured out that it doesn't, it's not actually time travel if you're going ahead in time because it re- matters what time it was where you're landing, not where you started. <laughs> So so so. But it took me a Liza, good hour to figure that out. So Liza, you're yeah. you're you're falling behind on your bet. Oh, you totally fell behind. Give me that dollar. Uh, <laughs> Fuck's sake. I I say I just won the bet because he never finished, did he? No, I did. he didn't. What are you talking about? He what? didn't finish. Good evening. My name is Stan. Oh shit! I didn't finish. But I didn't stammer. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and we have Stan. I just I bet, I bet with Stan a dollar that not right. could not get through the intros without flubbing. <laughs> Every time. I didn't flub, I forgot. It's totally different. Oh, okay. I get uh, 50 oh, cents. Yeah, yeah. I get, you get 50 I, cents. Right. D Sorry, Stan. It, as soon as that red light goes on, you just, just freeze. I just, okay, whatever. That's just what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you're buying your own. Yeah, well, you know, that's what it is. Um, we did some stuff today. It was we didn't it wasn't like last week we didn't even do jack shit. We did and jack shit last week. Yeah, we, did, we did actually do jack shit. You we, guys completely <laughs> fell apart. There we was, sat around, smoked cigarettes, drank beer, and um, we're being shitty bikers, there, actually. There was, uh, <laughs> there was one chain lube. There was one j- oh, one shit, solder connection. Yeah. The knock touched a brake pad. The XL175. Did I touch pad? No, you touched your brake pad. Oh. Uh, mm, touch that brake pad. And mm. you had a ratchet for some reason. <laughs> I yeah. had a ratchet for and, some reason. And uh, the, ratchet? the XL175 uh, didn't have spark, and that was like all that happened. Oh, That's yeah. bullshit. We, I don't know what happened. Yeah, we tried to diagnose the uh, XL175, and it didn't have any spark, and we were... I rode it dirt biking just a few weeks I ago. I know. Yep. The thing needs to be ridden, otherwise, like the magic smoke just goes away on its yeah. own. That's just that's how it is, man. I gotta change the blinker fluid, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. It's out. Damn, it's the percolator. Damn, it's fucking hard to find that shit. Your piston return spring is busted. 
<laughs> Flux capacitor. Is. Yeah. So what did happen today, Knock? A lot of stuff. Well, not so much. Good amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Period. By that, Period. I mean that much. For the record, I was not here for yeah. most of the day. Well, not mentally here, anyways. Um, well, Lucas did some... Uh, oh, Lucas uh, came by. Yeah, he How was here earlier. How the did I miss Lucas? I miss Lucas? He yeah. took off a little bit he early. Took off early. Oh. But uh, he hooked up his... Um, <clears throat> he installed a switch for his auxiliary lights on Is his Jixer. Is the Part Fairy been visiting Oh, him? yeah. Those things are fucking badass, though. I don't know if... Y'all have seen them. I want those on my bike. Those yeah, they look pretty gnarly. cool. They look Terminator looking. Some fucking cornering lights. Yeah. And they're bright oh, yeah. as shit. They're like. Are those the ones women's. that came from a donation? Because I remember seeing they're, some lights. No, no. He bought those. Yeah, he bought them on eBay. Yeah. They're yeah. pretty cheap, actually. They were like 30 bucks or something? Yeah. yeah. But they're LEDs, and uh, he had to cut out a bracket out of some thin-ass aluminum sheet, <laughs> and had to bend and fold them, and... Uh, and so he was uh, trying to fix his switch. He got his switch installed, but he didn't uh, tap his primary uh, lead to his headlight. And so he said, I, I just, I'll just do this at home because I don't want to lose my headlights on my way back. That's a good idea. But yeah, um, so he did that. That was cool. I feel like that's the type of shit I never think of. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm just going to do it. And then I'm like, fuck. <laughs> no, leave, leave your bike here for about a week yeah, and a half. Exactly. Um, Jonathan, you did some fun stuff on the Rebel. Yeah, it was all about the it was all about the wires today. Yeah, um, I, I had I was kind of like mixed feelings all day long because I uh, I ordered up like uh, you know when I when I got the Rebel didn't have a gas cap. Right. And in ordering the gas cap, I got this new set that had gas cap and helmet lock and fork lock and ignition switch all for one key. What did that cost you? Nineteen dollars, I think. Okay, because you're supposed to be running your purchases through me for approval. Okay, you did good on that one. <laughs> Just checking though. <laughs> But anyway, um, so I had some reservations about like replacing the ignition switch because the current ignition switch worked worked fine, and also this yeah. this ignition switch is for a later Rebel, so it had a few less wires and uh, and yeah, basically I just effed around with it all day. With uh, thank goodness for the help from Adrian at first, and then Liza especially, she yeah. helped me. I was read no the help. little Rebels uh, diagram, a wiring yeah, so diagram. I came and sat next to him, and he's just doing the blank stare, looking at a bunch of wires, oh, <laughs> and trying to. He's like, "Well, the headlight doesn't work." You caught me at a low doing point. the doing the blank stare, <laughs> which I recognized that blank stare. So I, I, I said, "What what wire are you looking for?" And he just looked back at the bike with a blank stare. The manual was sitting at his feet. I'm like, "Well, look at the book." And he opens up the schematic page, and then he has it in his lap, and then he looks back at the bike and the wiring. I'm like, quit looking at the bike. <laughs> Look at the schematic. <laughs> Look at the schematic. That's all that matters right now. I think we've all had that blank stare. Yeah. It's no. that blank stare of somebody who doesn't know how to read a schematic, and it's like Braille to them. And once we started running through it, did it start making sense? Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it, it actually was, you know— it actually wound up to be a, a pretty damn awesome day. Like I, I had kind of a, kind of a dark spot there where you know I didn't know why things weren't working, and uh, I was kind of kicking myself for undertaking this thing in the first place. But uh, yeah, but yeah, like like actually like being walked through a wiring diagram that made a big difference. I like was a, a total downer because I was like, no man, that switch is already working. Just run with two keys, key yeah. for the gas cap and key for uh, original key for your OEM ignition. And I would have done that shit. Yeah, I, I because I'm lazy, I would have just... Yep. That's I was what trying somebody to who's lazy who doesn't yep. want to do the work mm -hmm. says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you I know, like I, keep I, it simple. I thought, you know, I was I was all ready to do that, but I thought, you know what, you're here, you know, you're 
fucking around with this thing to like yeah might as well my language you're, you're yeah. messing around with this thing to like learn something so let's yeah. learn something even my if we break it and there are four separate keys for four separate applications <laughs> okay <laughs> that is very oh my real God. and no i will never consolidate this... because they're labeled and okay. somebody took the time to put a label maker on that shit and i'm completely <laughs> fine with that yeah. so does one of the keys open up the compartment for your common sense uh, like, no, unfortunately, <laughs> I have not discovered that key yet. Okay. <laughs> Either that, or they haven't labeled it. Yeah. Right, and so you haven't locked your helmet to the ignition yet, right? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> haven't accomplished that. Yeah, I should that's try cool. that. Uh, <laughs> Andre and Earl came by earlier too for some oil, uh, fork oil. Yeah, they did the fork oil. Yeah, um, Andre came to do his forks, which he had not. He had no, He didn't think it had ever been done on the yeah. CB750F. CB it smells like uh, cutting oil. It, came, it, came, it came out. It smelled like a combination of manure, hot dogs, and cutting oil. Yeah. It was like really. What's cutting oil? Uh, oh, it's stuff you squirt when you're sharpening knives. It, it, yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. where old oil goes to die. Yeah, basically. exactly. Oh, sad stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they got them off. Uh, it took a little while to get them off. Uh, you know, anytime you do forks, you have to pull the forks off. It takes some time to get them out of all the clamps. Yeah. Um, it had some aftermarket like fork press gauge that um, was a pain in the ass, but we got it. We got it eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Refilled. There was definitely like very little fork oil in there. Yeah. I mean, for for old bike like that, I was surprised all those bolts came out as easily as they yeah. did. <laughs> Especially the fork caps. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you kind you busted a knuckle a little bit, but for the most part, they just yeah. Came it was right that, off. that was my bad though. Yeah. I'm glad he's going through it. You yeah. can tell that's a bike that has not had anything done yeah. in yeah. a while. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. When he put the thing, when he uh, installed the axle back in there, he torqued down the axle pinch bolts. But I think either Earl Earl misread the torque guide. Yes. And he applied 43 foot-pounds of torque into the axle pinch bolts, oh. which was... <laughs> you can't see is, if this yeah, face stands making it. No, no, you're going to make me cry. Yeah, the thing takes 18 foot-pounds. probably did Newton meters or inch something. Pounds, yeah. probably, inch, right? pounds, inch pounds, probably. Inch pounds, yeah. yeah. And, and he was... I could see the goddamn torque wrench bar just deflecting. I'm going, holy shit, what are you doing right now? And it's like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to say. And I go over there and read the diagram, and it's like, oh, no, this is the pinch bolts. Yes. 43 foot-pounds as your axle bolt. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. So he didn't, it didn't snap off. It did not snap off. I would, it, it was snug yeah. on there really tight, and I was like, you know, you should take it off. If it breaks, whatever. That's just, that's yeah, just what yeah. it is. So it'll only yeah. snap when he takes it out now. Yeah, yeah. But no, you took it off, and it did not snap. It was good. He got lucky. He lucked yeah. out. Yeah. So, eh. well, it doesn't. That thing doesn't have an axle bolt. I don't know what what the spec was for, but well, and the axle actually bolts into oh, the fork. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, got that squared away, and that's cool. And uh, what else did we do? Oh, yeah, cat. <laughs> <laughs> There's the setup here. You could just set it up and tell us what. The okay, so um, I got. Okay, so it's a long story. I got it. So my R6 has some bald ass tires. Not only does it have some bald ass tires, but the guy who owned it before me and all his ever-giving generosity decided that it was a good idea to flip the back, the rear tire, around. So the directional tread is facing the wrong way, hmm. um, which is not a huge deal. It's good for braking. Yeah. Well, it was a track bike, and yeah. it's, he was doing rights on a different track now. So. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I ordered some new tires, and I ordered them at the same time, and I received them two weeks <clears> apart. 
from TireRack.com mm-hmm. from God knows why. Yeah, it's a matter of the it's the matter of the principle at this point. It's You're like I price. got one tire yeah in the mail and I was super excited. I'm like, hey, my tires tire is here. What the f- <laughs> yeah, sometimes the drop shipping from different factories yeah. or warehouses. So I finally get my second tire. I go to take it off, and it some it's ends up being mounted, except for my bike is on a center stand for a dirt bike. The center stand is on its side, and it's propping up by the swing one swing arm. And uh, the chain is on the ground. The center axle is on the ground. It's a long story as to how it got there, but it got there. And um, I am not a very large person and cannot lift an entire 400 pound bike on my own unfortunately mm-hmm. i found this out the other day <laughs> um and so i basically called knock and i'm like knock please come save me <laughs> save my bike well you called like two other people you called doug i ca- well i called douglas because i was like douglas i, I can't <laughs> i can't even right now <laughs> i am so much of a white girl right now i can't yeah. even. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, can't even. Yeah. Um, but I ended up calling Knock, and I was like, Knock, I need, I need some help here. I'm kind yeah. of royally fucked. And Knock shows up with a, a posse of one. Yeah. Posse of me. I, we showed up together, and we helped. You brought her. the muscle. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. I was able to. Well, they were able to get my back tire. Okay. On. I was a really good help at putting All right. my stands in, but. I- <laughs> I saw the photos on Facebooks of, uh, of on the Facebooks of how this thing was set up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, it's kind of on its side on its kickstand, and there's a aluminum dirt bike stand underneath the swing arm." Okay, I kind of had an idea of what we're going up against, and we we show we show up. It, it's like when you actually see it in real life, you're like, "What the fuck, man? <laughs> this is this is happening right now." It's yeah. like, it's like this, a reality is just yeah, it, it happens. You show up and you look at you go. What? Why? Yeah. What? what? How? Yeah. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> Wrong. Because there weren't any cinder blocks around. There were, but like I guess whoever took them off didn't think to use the cinder there blocks. There was jack stands. There was cinder blocks. There was pretty much everything. So yeah, there. and I did. I realized that we need to get these on proper stands. And where I was thinking we should just go to my house and grab um, an actual rear stand because yours swing arm has swing arm spools. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Zach had the idea like I would have just jack stands. Yeah, and so we went through your garage and we found some like never used jack yeah. stands, yeah. some janky ones that <laughs> no, used they were to great. Hold up. But um, yeah, we we lifted the bike up, put the jack stands underneath, and, and put that rear wheel back in there. Yeah, yeah. it was. I mean, it wasn't that hard once it was jacked yeah. up correctly. Yeah, but the process to get the wheel off was an interesting one. Sure. Yeah, yeah, um, and. I, thank you. It's it was super shady, <laughs> no and it was like it was like wow, that's just precarious. Yeah. I mean, it, I've it done looks, some worse shit, but yeah. that's pretty precarious. It looked like the bike was defying gravity, and it, yeah, and it right. felt like it was. Every time <laughs> you felt, looked at it, you're like, <gasps> it felt like it was. Yeah, when I first saw it, it looked like it was falling over. It yeah, like it, yeah. Was, it looked like it was frozen in the process of, of falling, falling over. Right, right, exactly, and that's pretty much what it was. Um, I I think. I'll figure out a way to post the pictures to recycle so y'all can see this shit. But it looked like it was in the process of. You did work though. I mean, you, you lube the shaft. I, I can. Shaft. I'm a good shaft luber. You're a shaft luber. <laughs> oh my god. Euphemism. <laughs> we got it all in there and tight down, snugged up, and uh, yeah. it was good to go. So yeah. so 
Something missing from this whole story is how it got in that position. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is where Kat was willing to disclose and throw somebody under the bus or not. Okay. So, Whatever. I mean, it just, <laughs> yeah. you, you insert us into the whole story. Some, it's already okay. there. Yeah. Someone has a different way of thinking about motorcycles than average people. And um, <laughs> it just it doesn't, it clashes with how I think about my bike. I'm very like, oh my God, it's got like, just uh, and I'm very like <laughs> anal about everything on my bike, just sure. functioning properly. I don't care if it looks like shit. I have a Texas sticker on my tank that I have yet to take off because I just haven't had the time to. <laughs> that saying something is Texas. Um, uh, uh, we, I, I've been to Austin. I'm just saying, if you're Austin, you're isn't tex- bad. No, just te- the okay. main part, the civilized. There goes our part. Texas listeners, but that's all yeah. right. Whatever. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm lost. I'm yeah. okay. lost. So I don't care how it looks, but the functionality of the bike, it's very important to do things for me the way they're supposed to be done, and the person that helps me out just has a different viewpoint on motorcycles and um i think it's just gained from not having to pay for anything on his bike um just through his talent he's gotten sponsors and gotten everything for free basically and it's just it's a different it's a different way of looking at things my bike is how i get to work yeah i work a lot I need to work a lot. It's a different sense of value of, of exactly. material yeah. things. Yeah. Sure. Is it Valentino Rossi? Is that yeah. Yeah. He came it, into my uh, driveway. Uh, he let me take off my bike. He perched it in a falling maybe? over yeah. position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm secretly. I'm secretly. Okay. So it magically got into this position. Yeah, we'll just basically. leave it at that. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yeah. But it got it. Yeah. And now it's not in this position. And I had gotten very, very grumpy. <clears throat> As a result of it being in this position, because I had to ride my Ninja, which scared the shit out of me, which I hadn't done since I got the R6. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, holy hell, the, how did I live like this before? This is awful. You <laughs> know, I had I had that experience machines. one day where I, I went out riding with somebody, and we took the SV and the and the CBR250, and then halfway through the day, I, I gave him the SV650, mm-hmm. and I jumped back on the CBR, and I had that same, like... Oh my God! What's wrong with this bike? Yeah. Like the first yeah. couple of seconds, because well, I was like, and now to whack the throttle open and rip my down bike the road. is legitimately janky. Like the Ninja has some serious head shake and some clutch issues and oh. some things that make it like, oh my God! But it it's also just the fact that it has these tiny ass tires that can't even go over reflectors without popping off to the side, which scared the piss out of me on the freeway lane splitting. I'm like, all of a sudden I'm swerving. <laughs> mm. um, but. Yeah, it was it was definitely an eye opening. Like I'm spoiled as shit riding yeah. R6. I love that thing. It's cool. It's a cool bike. Yeah, it's definitely a cool bike. You just got to get it to shoot flames again, and then it'll be cool. Or again, <laughs> you should put some Florida lights in there. You should Great. talk to Mike. Well, about well, that. Oh, yeah. someday I'll I'll tell you my story about why I had to rent a cherry picker to get a bike up off the floor. Uh, oh, what? Why? What happened? What? Just well, tell it now. Well, yeah. um, I, I had both wheels off. Yeah. yeah, on a center stand. I was get putting new tires on. Yeah. And the center stand decided not to fold because you know how you like lighten one yeah, end. And, and okay. it, well, it folded and the whole thing fell on the ground with no wheels. Nothing. Oh, f- yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, 400 pounds of like, how am I going to get this up? So what kind of bike was it? Bandit 1200. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I think 400, 400 pounds is generous, is man. Yeah, yeah, it was, it yeah. was more than that. Like, mine's, I, I, mine's I like Ford. that for a 550-pound bike. Mm-hmm. That yeah. mm-hmm. It was real mm-hmm. interesting. There were it, people after that, periodically, somebody who, like Rich Sanderson, yeah. if you know Rich, 
One day he asked me, so what are these dents on the bottom of the frame from? <laughs> Taking <laughs> so, off some sweet jumps, story. man. Yeah, yeah there's right. matching, matching chips in the concrete in the garage. So, yeah, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Wait, is that R1, Rich? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea who this man is, but everyone says R1 Rich. Is. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. chill. Apparently, he's, he's got R1 a... R1CH is kind yeah. of the deal. That's how he spells yeah. his name. Yeah. He's got yeah. a bitchin' garage. I have him. He's, he's had, he's had four or five R1s. And... Yeah. He's got the new one, too. It's mm-hmm. sweet as hell. Speaking of bikes and new bikes and semi-new bikes, guess what time it is, y'all? What time is it, Nob? It's oh. time for the Craigslist Porn Pick of the Week! And Liza's got something for us. Putting her to work the moment she got back on the ground here. I found a really cool bike that I am ashamed I did not know it existed. Yeah. I found here in the Bay Area for the whopping sum of $500. A 1984 Kawasaki Kawasaki KZ700 L3 Sport. So... I've never seen the KZ700. Yeah, I never knew. I, I mean, I'm familiar with it. I've had KZ400s, uh, KZ4, uh, f- well, the KZ400, KZ550, 750. What, what year? 900. 83. 1,000. 83, 84. And, I've, and the LTDs, yeah. 440, yeah. 750, 1,000. So, so you know why, right, Liza? Yeah, I, you I, know why? Why? Okay. Uh, same reason the VFR 700 existed. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. There is the uh, the Protect Harley legislation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bikes uh, under were exempt from a duty under a certain displacement, and the displacement oh, was right. 700. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And it was basically Sorry, the Harley Sportster Yes. Deal. So, so they couldn't they couldn't import anything. Well, they that had was to pay above seven fifty well, without paying a lot. Right, it was a duty. Oh, yeah. It was a duty because oh, okay. that, that my my eighty five shadow is a seven hundred should be a seven fifty. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're all they're all sleeve down. They're all sleeve down. What year is your seven hundred? Eighty five. All right, so this is eighty four for five hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Read the description now, though, because okay. that's what I was giggling Here's about. Here's the tell <laughs> in descriptions. I don't understand if it's all foreigners, people with. English as a second language. Yes, it is. Is that why these are all suspicious? Yes. Um, it lists 1984 Kawasaki KZ700 L3 Sports. That's good. They've got it properly identified. And in lowercase. Then it goes to uh, need a lot of works. But the bike did run about a year ago. Seat in great condition. Tank has not dent. <laughs> Always kept in garage. No back fees since it is not in California's system. Oh. It's in oh, Indonesia. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. No oil couch, No oil leak. You might jump start it. Cash only. Nice. Mm. All in capitals. So this That's is somebody good... screaming at you yeah. about this information. That's Who will uh, drag it away with crane? <laughs> That's a dirt bag bike. That's a dirt bag challenge bike. So, bring, bring trailer. I, yeah. So it looks to me like the KZ... 750 because um so there were it the is. predecessors to the gpz yep. that they were at that point they had the performance of the gpz but they still had the classic look of the earlier of the the 70s kz's yeah. um and the spike has that and, and um that's what a fast bike looked like back then I, I like that i like this bike yeah the i'm not scared by the it ran a year ago i'm not scared by the improper pronunciation of words <laughs> i'm scared by the not california title right it's, it's okay 
Yeah, take yeah, you know, I had I had no trouble with the SV. I, I bought bought that SV with Texas plates on it. Yeah, no my, trouble. My all. SV also had had Texas plates. hadn't been registered in five years. Showed, showed him a Texas title. It was hundred and twenty bucks to register it. Okay, if it has a title. Yeah, as long as it has a title, it's like legit. So, what did what did this did, did it make any mention that there was even any paperwork? Doesn't mention. Okay, but for paperwork. Me, Indent. For me, a good porn pick, when we read it, is a bike that I start going, hmm, maybe I should pick that. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't need it. I don't, I don't, but I start going, hmm, that, You're bad that is a proper porn pick. That is. Yeah, that is. And, but, and yeah, like I said, ashamed mm-hmm. I didn't know about the KZ700. Yeah, th- those years, there's a whole bunch of 700s. Yep. I think it was at 84 to 86 or something. 83 to 85. 83 to 85, yeah. yes. Yeah. I know because 84s and 85s are like that. Hey, uh, I heard we got hate mail. <laughs> oh, we're going, we're going there first. Huh? <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever if you want to take it out. We're going there first. So, yeah, we had some emails come in the last few weeks. Sorry, we're, we're just now catching up on them. Yes. I'm giving Knock the Evil Eye. Hey, man, hey, come on. I, I'm telling you, there is nothing. There was nothing. It's gonna be like a twenty-minute podcast. (laughs) You do not know how hard it was for me to find a phone in Pakistan so I could call and leave a voicemail for the Misfit line, and you guys never even picked it up or used it. I didn't even get the heads up on it on Google. Mm -hmm. What's his face? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Okay. Um. So this email came in, and I, I love this one. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so this comes from... Uh, Let's keep his name anonymous. Chris. That's good. Chris says, I'm sending you this email because of some of the things that were said on podcast number 103, Trikageddon. <laughs> now, I will say I usually find your podcast entertaining. What you do in the garage is great, helping the people that don't know much and that are new to riding. I'm sure you've saved them a lot of money, plus it helps build confidence. But some of the things that you guys were saying about Sturgis and the way you talked about Harley riders was very offensive. After some of the comments that were made, I will no longer be subscribing to your podcast. Damn. I know I might only be one person, but how many of the others out there are thinking the same thing? Not many. Hey, hey, <laughs> sorry. Yes, I ride a Harley, and yes, I do all my own work, and yes, I was in Sturgis this year. So just a little thought, maybe some of the people there should should think before they speak and maybe do a little research instead of sounding like assholes. Ooh. All right, get called now, an asshole. And then, I'm an asshole biker. Sick. And then in, in, in small lettering, Achievement Liza, I'm not talking about you at that portion of the podcast. You got very quiet. <laughs> I also own two Kawasaki's, a CSR 305 and an LTD 440, along with two CB750 choppers and ride all of them every chance I get. Cool. It's cool so, you do your own work, dude. Like, that's, that's cool. The reason... Um, I'd like to say that we don't know if Chris is a female or a male. Hmm. Um, I, that doesn't unless matter. I'm just saying, unless she's it a very does, tall I'm just saying. However, I so I wanted to say, I, have short um, legs. <laughs> I, I did respond to Chris, and actually um, Chris is going to be coming on a future podcast because um, I think it's true, and that's something I think we have been getting. Are they coming on the Harley podcast specifically? Maybe I'm working on something. Um, I think we have been getting a little 
bashy. Um, I'm, I'm still not going to ease up on scooters. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's something that uh, we have been working on. People get, I've been getting bashy on the other motorcycle groups like Harley's um, because no one here really has exposure to that world or has ridden Harley's or been in a Harley club or knows what that's like. And from the perspective a lot of people here in the garage have, it's people who spend a lot of money on bikes that they spend more time cleaning than they do riding and they don't wave at us and they're getting killed because they wear skull caps and they go drinking and there's a lot of stupid things that are part of the culture. But there are cool things too and, and I have been in a Harley club and I have owned Harleys. So it's just kind of natural to kind of play with the stereotypes. And, um, but what does interest me is the division of the dirt bike, the scooter, the Harley, the sport bike. And for the Harley people, they probably think that us squids on sport bikes are just as big of an idiot as we think they are. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. sure. We're probably mostly more of an idiot than when it comes to actual riding and Arguing ourselves into the ground. Uh, yes. One of my one of my good friends, I work with him. He rides a Harley. He works on it himself. He does all the work himself. He's a really good mechanic, and he uh, he doesn't wear any gear except for a skull cap. Drives yeah. me up the wall. That being said, he also does not do the things that I do on my bike. Sure. That yeah. require wearing gear. Well, he doesn't do stupid shit. He doesn't lane split go on the freeway. He doesn't go around corners scraping pegs. He doesn't do shit that lends itself to becoming one with asphalt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, what I was going to say is, like, considering most of the riding that we, that we this group tends to do, it's, mm-hmm. like, more, like, twisty back roads, really mm-hmm. goaty, like, you know, tight, twisty kind of stuff, and that seems to be what people around here like to do, for which, you know, something that's good for eating asphalt in the straight line that doesn't have great leanover clearance, just doesn't, that's like, you know, doesn't like to get dirty. That's, it's a different world, but it's a different world and it's a different kind of riding. And so that's not very appealing to us. And so we look at that and we say, well, like we like to do this kind of riding, but we live in the bubble against that. You know, that that's not, they're not looking at doing that. So they're like, kind of like not with us in a way. Um, so, uh, yeah, Chris stick, stick with us and just know that this is something I've been aware of and, We've actually had in the works, we're trying to arrange for Douglas to spend a day with a Harley club and ride a Harley and do like a little 2020 <laughs> undercover kind of, you know, thing. Yeah. Uh, get some exposure like, and, and a little more respect. It's like Barbara Walters at the Playboy Mansion undercover. <laughs> 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 so conspicuous. Yeah. It won't stand um, out. Won't stand out at all. But here at this garage and this podcast, it's something that. We're constantly exploring and learning more. For most okay. of us, we only got into dirt biking last year. Sure. Um, so it's something we will my, tap into. My personal take on it is, first of all, life is too short to take things way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Two, I like all kinds of motorcycles, all kinds of riding. So that means I get the right to make fun of everything. Because I actually yeah. genuinely like it. And you can't live your life without a sense of irony. So, you know. So, yeah. That's just. And I actually like Harleys. You know, I wouldn't own one, but name I mean, three. Uh, I like the old school X Stores XR 750. 
Okay. That's a cool one. Okay. Two more. Get the, uh, fucking, uh, um, any of the XR uh, 1200 and the uh, and the Sportster. Uh, so, so it doesn't count. Doesn't count unless yeah. you know the letters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Dino Dildo Glide. That's that's what I go for. Oh. You know, one of the things that one of the things for me, you know, and I'm kind of I'm kind of a recovering. Harley hater, frankly, <laughs> and and the, the thing the thing Harley for me the, the the thing for me was that when I first started riding, you know, it was the '90s, and like Harley was blowing up, and every you know dentist and and ad agency CEO in Chicago had to have a Harley Davidson. Yeah, and I you know was still in my 20s. You know, I was riding my little CB350. And I got so much attitude from these guys. And I, I think it was the snobbery that kind of got me down. It wasn't that sure. I disliked the bike. I didn't mm-hmm. like the people. It's that the people dislike me and could do nothing but talk trash at me. And that's where it, that's where it started for me. And, you know, now yeah. now it's different. Now we're kind of now all that's kind of mellowed out, at least it seems to me. And so I'm kind of relaxing about it, too. I feel like I kind of get a lot of that shit, especially with Harley riders. They give me the. First of all, you're a sport bike rider when I pull up. Then I pull up and they see that I have a braid and I look like a girl. And then I get the, oh, you're a girl. And then I blow them out of the water and at a stoplight, I go way faster than they can just because I'm on a sport bike. It's made it's made for instant go. Yeah. And they not only get mad, but I feel like they end up doing stupid things because they're mad, like trying to cut me off or do things. And it's just like... I. I want to like you. I try to wave at you. You don't wave at me. And then you do stupid shit. Like try to cut me off. And you're not wearing the gear to do this. And you're not wearing proper protective equipment. AdGat all the time. Whatever. But like I attempt to enjoy a Harley. And I've been in the presence of Harley riders that I think it's, it's I think what it comes down to is it's a it's a population like any other motorcycle population. There are some stupid ass squids that yeah. ride sport bikes that I want to walk up and just smack. Cat, yeah. consider this: you would look really good on the back of a Harley. Uh, that's cold blooded. That's a cold blooded shit to say, man. On the back of a Harley. <laughs> God damn. That blood is cold. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know when I uh, I so. remember though, like you know. Like back in back in the nineties, like pe- you know, Harley, these Harley dudes, like a couple of them, would fucking cross a parking lot to talk trash at me, you know, mm-hmm. for being on a Japanese oh, yeah. bike. Huh. Like you know, and I'd, I'd give it back to I, them. This is kind of how yeah, it was see, for a little while. It, it, it's a little tit for tat in the two communities. So I, just know, yeah. it's we're aware of it, and it's actually something that we're working sure. on. I mean, it, it, biking culture. There are there are subcultures within cultures, mm-hmm. and that's just and it's it shitty humanistic thing that where it's just it's all tribalism you know in, in some shitty weird form that's but yeah chris we'll have you on on a future podcast yeah. and, and let you you know spread your gospel sure i think also and... what y'all don't hear is us going such a squid <laughs> <And> silently <laughs> judging people yeah oh, we yeah. judge everyone it's just more <laughs> dense on the podcast uh, towards the harleys unfortunately so we also had another email sent to us yeah mm. i like this one <laughs> this, is this a, one's awesome this is a good flip side of the coin so Jake wrote in, and he uh, explains that he's from the Adirondack Mountains, and he's had a busy summer, and he's this is his first real riding season on a motorcycle, and he just absolutely loves it. And he's been riding with friends and doing this, but unfortunately his friends have kind of dropped out just due to issues with their bikes. And he uh, he got this new 03 CBR 400, or, uh, 600 
uh, F4i that he loves, but he cleans it and lubes the chain and just looks at it, unfortunately, which is <laughs> what happens when you have just a sexy-ass bike. Wait, <laughs> is that, is he motosexual? He's probably uh, quite yeah, it sounds like a, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me just give you a sponge bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at Barry back at your bike, yeah, you yeah, the right one. Yeah. It's a platonic relationship. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he finds himself lurking in parking lots apparently, waiting for other motos to go by and then just following them. <laughs> Which I can say I've definitely seen some motorcycles and kind of altered my path towards work to just kind of ride with somebody. Oh, yeah. I've done that. Oh yeah. It's nice. It's companionship. And then you get sad when they turn away from where you're going. But okay, so to continue on. Um he has an internal struggle of riding an awesome sport bike and wanting to be squid diddly, um, but also wanting to be respectful and not get pulled over because uh, it seems that he's asking about a uh, learner's permit and getting pulled over with a learner's permit. He wants to know what will happen with that. Just don't get pulled over is my uh, advice. Uh, don't do that. Uh, it depends on the restrictions yeah. for riding yeah. with it. Know, yes. know what your restrictions are. Typically, yeah. it's... Daylight hours only and no freeway. No freeway yeah. and no passengers. And yeah, yeah. We, and depending on helmet law, usually you, have, you must wear a helmet even if the law doesn't require you to. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. In Connecticut, so well, it is. So I don't know what, what part of the Adirondacks he's in or what the rules are there. Uh, he says he rides all over them, so I don't <laughs> I don't know. Um, that part. All over that shit. All over that shit. He's <laughs> just everywhere. Well, it's all up in hold that. Hold on. What, is there a reason why you're not getting your license? I did this, and mm -hmm. honestly, it's easy to get people get intimidated more. by taking the test. I think yep. it's also it's, it's so easy to get there, the permit, and everyone's afraid to take the test. There, it's a, not that hard. There, Go well, do it. Well, there's there's a lot of like I know I don't know if New York is like this, but in Connecticut, you had to take MSF in order mm -hmm. to get your license, and you had to. I mean, it was at your own expense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, and you're on a waiting list if it's anything like here and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it takes takes like a month or two to actually get into it and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take an excerpt from the middle of this because this is exactly how I feel and I definitely <laughs> connect with you on a personal level Jake over this he says I live in a tourist town and we get a lot of people who want to stop for deer or they slow down to see the lake the mountains and all that stuff I take for granted which is definitely very true um, I have to take a step back from the situation sometimes I go riding because it's liberating exhilarating and it's supposed to make me happy Yesterday, I was hitting my favorite corner, passing cars left and right, leaning off my bike, edge of my tires, and right as I'm rolling onto the throttle, someone stopped in front of me on the road, feeding a fucking deer. <laughs> I cannot tell you. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, definitely when you lose that like perfect apex out of a corner and you just you're just like you just fucking ruined it you have no idea what you just did but yeah. you just ruined <laughs> my road like this is the one corner okay. that I go on this road for. <laughs> um, Apparently, he lost his cool for the first time and redlined his bike, scaring the deer away. Fuck yes, fuck deer. Um, and pulled up to their window and screamed at them about how dangerous and stupid they were. Mm. Um, it's illegal to feed the fucking deer because fuck deer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> deer, them deer are bike killers. They, oh, yeah. yeah. They're, They're so selfish. Deer. Speaking of which, we got to find the selfish, out how Craig's most selfishest of all uh, animals. He's awake. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, but he continued to yell at them about parking halfway in the road fuck that stupid tourists um with a speed limit of 55 definitely super dangerous i uh 
I actually did this exact instance, except for it was a, talking to somebody instead of feeding a fucking okay, deer. Okay, so was he going 55 in yeah. a 55 zone, or was he Probably going not. 70 in a 55? I was going because, 70 in like a okay, 45. <laughs> because if you were going 55 in a 55 zone, you hypothetically should have been able to see that car stop. Yeah. I mean, that's what the speed limits are. Oh, he's coming out of a blind corner, apparently. Okay, well, um, <laughs> maybe. So I don't think that was a 55-mile-an-hour corner then. Okay. No. He said, double, double go, wake up call. basically, um, go for a fucking hike if you want to experience nature. I'm sure this was perfectly nice family, and I regret being so rude to them, but I would like to hear if you guys ever go off. Uh, go as far as to flip your visor and scold people no. face-to-face. No. Um, I do that. Never. And I've I think Megan does that. I, I do that. It's, no. it's a waste of time. I can super hardcore. I, I, just, I just get the fuck away from him. Yeah. Keep on going. No Here's, upside. There's I had, no upside whatsoever. There. Yeah. There's definitely an upside. I think <laughs> patience is a virtue, especially when you're riding a motorcycle. But you have to remember that you spend most of your life pretending, acting like an apex predator. When you're on a bike, you're prey. Mm-hmm. You know, you're smaller. Yes, you're more nimble and agile, but... If somebody really wants to fuck you up, they will. I've had people, you know? like, bump into me, open their doors and shit. Sure. And uh, this one lady, this, okay, so this is the prime instance of me going off on somebody. Um, I was coming back from Costco with a giant box of granola bars stuffed in my jacket because I had forgotten a bungee cord. So I am pregnant with a Lego. This lady <laughs> um, stops in the middle of the road for no reason, locks up her brakes, stops, uh, does this twice, without any indication and uh turns out i finally see it she's on her fucking cell phone it's one thing i cannot stand when people are driving is for them to be on their cell phones um it just it comes way too close and come up to a stop sign after she does this multiple times she's in the middle of two lanes and i pull up next to her and i her window's down and i flipped up my visor and i'm like you know what you need to put your goddamn cell phone down because you almost killed me twice you swerved into oncoming traffic you are now straddling two lanes and you need to put it down and she goes you know what you're right and i said i know and i flipped down my visor and i, I went yep. and that's like where you're just like hopefully maybe she learned that because i scared the shit out of her yeah yeah and, i mean you know in instances like that where if somebody does need a school into and they're receptive to it yeah it's nice. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably. I mean, it's probably one out of a ten or one out of a hundred. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I'd say like one out of the handful of times it's, I've yelled at people, they've actually been receptive. It's more more likely they're gonna flip you the bird, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and try to hit you later on an on ramp. Yeah. Exactly. So it's definitely dangerous. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to yell at people because they're in a two ton death machine and you're not. Yeah. So, and people get this apex Bosley agrees. thing. This when they're in their car, they're in their bubble, and they don't give a shit about anybody else or anything else. Sure. And it's just it's just how it is when Look people get cat. in their domain. <laughs> Cats what is cat. going on over there with the cat? There's, there's just it's all chaos. going on over there. All it right. Must be possum time. Um, but he goes on. Um, sorry. I know I'm being long-winded. I just no, really right. like this just... email. Um, he goes on to talk about. Um, remember it's our road it's not my road or your road it's our road yeah so I think what it comes down to is that he's going you know what I felt bad about it Um, don't that's good yeah don't let that go away Uh, because the second you let that go away you turn into me (laughs) (laughs) turn into an asshole yeah I'm a giant asshole and I'm super cynical and it's uh, be nice because it will pay back sure Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was for emails. Yeah. 
Thanks for sending those in. Yeah, thanks for uh, writing in and write in some more hate mail about the hate mail. You should also <laughs> write back, Jake, because that yeah. was a good bit. That yeah, was, that was a, a good email. Bit. I like that. Um, <laughs> Liza, you had, a, you had a Pakistan pleaser teaser in regards to uh, what you did over there in getting your motions. Yes. Um, we're going to be getting uh, all the people together and doing an all-Pakistan um, podcast in the future. Mm-hmm. But I thought I could share some some snippets uh from the trip since it's so fresh mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah i just got back yesterday and i'm still a bit tired but it was um it was fucking amazing yeah you just came back from the future so of course <laughs> it was really amazing <laughs> it's tiring and yeah. i know on a lot of my posts on facebook if anyone was following i was talking about the the mountains and the rivers and the beauty and the people and how nice everyone was and the food. Sure. But what I was kind of saving was some of the other things like the the roads and, and the real motorcycle, the biker shit. Yeah, totally. Um, one thing I wanted to share, um, I played a prank over there. Oh, of course you did. And you didn't get shot. Um, <laughs> no, she just brought back Sarge. Oh, no, there was one I did almost get shot. Oh, okay. Well, that, no, let's I didn't. Hear about that no, one. that one. Okay, all right. <laughs> did I'll they just, tell them scold you? Give you okay, a, so a stern talking to. Pakistan is a Muslim country. Sure. And they play the prayer. Um, Azan, the Azan, Azan. It starts, yeah. I think, at like four thirty in the morning. Yeah, there's like five of them. Different times of the day, and mm-hmm. they play them on town loudspeakers. Yep. Uh, one of the mornings, we happened, our hotel room was next to the town loudspeaker, and it was kind of like an are you fucking kidding me moment <laughs> of plugging my ears in bed in the hotel room, and still it's piercing. It was so loud. Sure. Um, but it's actually a beautiful prayer. But um, uh, halfway through the trip, we were checking into one of our hotels, and um, one of our guides, uh, Sonny, he was checking in at the desk, and across the street was a mosque, and they had started playing the prayer music. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him, knowing I have to be subtle, and I actually said it quietly into his ear so that no one else around him could hear, like the other guests checking in or the people behind the desk. I said, hey, um, can you ask for the phone number to the mosque across the street and call them and ask them if they could just turn it down a little bit? (laughs) Of which he grabbed me by the arm and whisked me out of the hotel and said, you cannot do that here. Yeah, you cannot joke about it. You cannot joke about that. They do not have a sense of humor about this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so you. It's so you. I I was fucking with him. Yeah. But no, the other prank was um, we were on a dirt road that had switchbacks down a mountain yeah okay and um i was i had we'd stopped to fix a, a tire and i had gone up ahead and as i'm doing these switchbacks i'm realizing that each of these switchbacks is basically a blind corner Mm-hmm. So I chose one of these blind corners to stop and park my bike. And then I ran back up the hill and jumped and down the cliff so that I was just like hanging off of, not, I mean, suspended down the cliff, but right. you know. Right. So that when Moin came along, I reached up with my one orange glove and said, Help! 
<laughs> Reached up God. and then fucked up. That's not a prank. <laughs> this is why. This is why. It's like it's not a prank. Can't have nice things, Liza. Jesus Christ. Oh, jeez. People are gonna die one of these that's days. That's pretty intense. You prank somebody and they're gonna keel over. It's that's kind of funny because I'm I'm not experiencing it, but that's hilarious, but, yeah. sorta. But yeah. that's a fucked up prank, man. <laughs> but he just pulled up next to me and goes, "Did you did you go off the cliff?" And I went, "That's awesome." Nah, no, with you. and he just kept writing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the, I didn't have the heart to carry it through because I was like, so I was going for that that Oscar yeah, when I sure. reached up with these despair in my eyes. They're like, oh, you just made a dumb joke. Right. Bye. <laughs> yeah, if you gotta explain it too much, it just kind of doesn't work. Yeah. All the tourists do this. <laughs> so that I thought was pretty fun. That was cool. So uh, um, um, also. Um, I had a couple moments. So we had um, we had factory mechanics following us on the trip. It was really cool. So sure. Moin Khan, who organized the trip, we had uh, we were riding um, brand new 2015 Honda CG 125s, okay. which are with the local. They're made in Pakistan. We actually had to unwrap them. They were brand new. Oh, cool! <laughs> wow. And um, six pack. We had following us. We had a Honda truck with a spare bike and spare parts and two mechanics, and oh, they were cool. to tail us the entire trip so that if anything went wrong, we they were there. So um, I noticed when we first got to our bikes. I hop on and I'm checking the clutch, I'm checking the brake, and everything was a little out of spec. Because it's a brand new bike sure. from the factory. So I'm like, hey, can we have the Honda guys, you know, tune everything up? And they were like, oh, no, everything's good. Everything's good. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't like having like three inches of loose cable in my, you know, clutch. Like yeah. I want, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so I just took it upon myself to start tightening and adjusting and getting things in you know the rear brake and the spec and then all the other guys on my trip were like can you do mine too because apparently nobody has any mechanical experience except for Eason <laughs> um, so then it was kind of like I was going head to head every now and then with the mechanics trying to be respectful but when we're going up a mountain um, I'm like hey can we uh, reject the carbs because when we're going up to the high altitudes, they're yeah. just puttering out. Or can I open up the air box? Is there anything I can do? And and they're like, no, 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 it's it's good. Uh, uh, timing advance best five to six thousand RPM. Yeah. Um, the bike's redline at ten. I was riding eight to ten the whole trip. Mm. Wow, they redline at ten. That's pretty cool. They're thumpers, Ooh. yeah. Uh, Single cylinders. I think it's. 12. Win. Maybe twin? no, it must be a single. Yeah, um, oh, wow. that's crazy. And so pistons, they, twin. yeah. So we were kind of going head to head, but I was being respectful. Sure. Um, but I realized they are trained to make the bikes run as efficient as possible and for longevity. Sure. We were riding them like they were tissue paper. <laughs> <laughs> We were redlining. We were taking them off of jumps. We were trying to destroy them. And the, for the type of riding and performance, like I'm trying to like get everything peak. These guys are trained for a different type of riding. Sure. So um, the other funny time is we were at a hotel and we had picked up a lot of other travelers on 
um, Transalps, GSs, uh, all different bikes, right? And in the morning, everyone is going out to get ready, and all the all the guys on the big bikes are getting their bikes prepared for a day's travel. And there was a couple from Australia who were riding a GS1200 brand new, and it had a locking oil cap. Because oh, right. I guess you want to make sure people don't steal your oil in place some parts of the o- world. Oil cap? Hobby mm-hmm. damned. Yeah, the oil wow. cap is a it's aftermarket keyed locking oil cap. Because huh. oh, in some wow. parts, because they're traveling the world. Sure. Um, of which he went to go change the oil and he couldn't get the cap off and the key was stuck in the cap. Oh. <laughs> so I was inside oh. having breakfast at the hotel and I'm seeing like more and more people gathering about around the BMW. They called the mechanics over to take a look at it, and a bunch of other people came over, and they're all trying to figure out how the cap works and how to get the key out, and nobody could make it work. So their solution was to just zip-tie the key to the frame in case it came out while they're riding. Yeah. Of which I waited till all the men were done. Awesome. <laughs> it was kind of like Excalibur, you know? Yeah. And then I went over and I'm spinning and feeling out. I have locksmith experience too. Yeah. So I was just kind of turning the key back and forth and feeling how the tumblers work and how it works. And I found the alignment point, which was not at either of the extreme ends, but somewhere in the middle where it sure. should be. I was found it. Like a it. Lock I pull cover? the key out. I hand it to him, smile, and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it satisfying. wasn't one of those. Uh, yeah, it's a free floating tumbler. You just kind of like jiggle in the middle and kind of pull out. And that was when people started discovering that maybe I know a little bit about stuff. But yeah. one of my other highlights was um, I had been meeting some other travelers along the way and talking about bikes. And we'd pull out our phones and show pictures of our bikes, like normal people show pictures of their kids or pets. <laughs> like you do. Like you do. <laughs> and um, there was two guys traveling on XR250Rs. Or, yeah. And um, one of them was a dual carb. And I said, oh yeah, I got an XR350 dual carb. Um, a couple of days later, ran into them in a different town at a gas station. And I love that one of the, the guy on the dual carb XR250 was having trouble with his bike. And he walked past all of the men in the group and the mechanics and came up to me <laughs> and asked me for help with his bike because he was having, it was running poorly. Yeah. Did you and fix I, it? Damn straight. No. Um, no well, then never mind. <laughs> we didn't have enough time because the group was leaving. Yeah. But I rattled off a bunch of tests and things to yeah. try to do. and. And was it ever resolved? Did you get any uh, information about that? Any further? No, I didn't because, again, mm. our group was leaving, so I didn't have yeah, time. But I, I, I felt proud that a Pakistani man yeah. sought me out based on an earlier conversation. There you go. And, and not, cool. not the mechanics. So that was cool. And um, I just wanted to uh, describe quickly the roads that we were riding on and how fucking amazing it was because every type of writing experience I have accumulated in my lifetime came into play. Yeah. That is um, splitting lanes here in traffic. That's the hooligan rides that we do. (laughs) That's um, racetrack uh, experience. That is long distance riding, the dirt riding. Yep. Every single thing I've ever done came into play. Um, (laughs) So I will tell you a, a jackass moment. So um, 
Moyne and Sonny are very good riders. And so we're riding these little 125s, and we arrive at our destination one day in this mountain village uh, in the Hunza Valley uh, called Karimabad. And right outside uh, our hotel, there's the road to go up to the village. And, and I said, yeah, I'd love to go see the village. And Moyne said, well, there's two roads. You can take the paved road, and it takes about 10 minutes because you have to go around the whole town. Or he points out the front door of the hotel. He says, or you can take the dirt walking path, which is a single track, switchback, steep that goes just straight up the mountain Hollister to, Hills. to the village, mm-hmm. of which I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So the three of us take off, and we've at this point we've taken off our gear. Moines in flip-flops, no helmets, <laughs> no gloves, no nothing. It's a hot day. We're, we're just going to go up the hill to the village, which takes 60 seconds on the short track. Sure. But we are bombing up the hill just having fun. And ringing these things out in first gear was a lot of clutch play to get these things up the steep hills. We get up into the village, and he goes, let me show you something else. And he takes me through the village, off the road, onto a, it turns into a dirt road. And these are like single lane roads. Imagine a mountain community where you just have the single road going through the foothills. And by a road, part paved, part dirt, some water crossing, lots of livestock, sure. many children, houses, <laughs> and and the fences of the houses right up on the road. Sounds like the Bay Area. And <laughs> when the three of us get together, it became a hooligan ride. Yeah, sure. It was flat out. It was um, getting full air on speed bumps that you could. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was full throttle. Oh, yeah. It was voiding cattle. It was water crossings, and when hitting the dirt on these turns, it was sliding the rear wheel around. Yeah, we did this uh, this big lap that actually went through three villages, <laughs> back down to the main road, which is a two lane paved road. You're selling this, and pretty then good. doing like I'm interested sixty miles an hour. Let me or speed limit forty kilometers an hour, and we did eighty kilometers an hour through the town wow. i was keeping a bit of a distance because when moyne and sunny get together they are testosterone competition and i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna go like 100 yards behind you and try not to hit somebody yeah these two are kicking each other's bikes around corners <laughs> that kind of competition right damn Sounds fun. and yeah, we I'm did sold. a balls out hooligan ride through this town with no gear, flip flops and all. <laughs> we had so much fun, and we get back, and uh, I'm like, ah, oh, that was awesome. I said, so, I mean, are there speed limits here? And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, for, like forty. I'm like, oh, uh, but there are no police up there in no these. Not, no police. <laughs> and then I said, so just curious, because there was that one kid who walked out in front of me. I almost hit. Um, like. As a like, what's the rule if somebody is just walks out on the road and you hit him? He goes, "Oh yeah, you'd be totally fucked. You should not hit somebody here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just took me through a hooligan ride through a village, three villages. Hey man, and now you, you're you telling your me you should definitely not hit anyone. <laughs> you made your choice, man. That's just how it is. That was one of the highlights, but the roads. I mean, like here we have. Uh, Highway 9 and, and Highway 17, which, you know, are, you know, a lot of twisties. Imagine that with cow and rocks, like boulders. 
in the road every now and then because they have so many landslides they don't clear them fast and very i mean they can't clear them fast enough yeah so you're literally coming around the corner and we're just having fun and just going fast and there might be a cow there might be two trucks one passing the other there might be a boulder the whole thing was just like a huge like on your toes adrenaline rush right damn it was a biker's dream Hooligan the dream sounds like. And then there was all the other nice food and people and <laughs> rivers and mountains and shit like that. But oh my God, there were so many times. Y- you came for the pants shittings. That's what there it was. There were so it? many times <laughs> so I was just like, I cannot believe this. I yeah. mean, the uh, KKH Highway is very similar to our Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah. Instead of being an ocean, there's a river and a mountain on one side. And it is a long, sweeping road with tunnels every now and then. And we did, for miles, we just did flat out, fully pinned, fully tucked, just sailing around these sweepers. Yeah. Just sailing. And I did get this little 125 bike up to about 71 miles an hour, downhill, full tuck, pinned. That's cool. Which started getting sketchy, but um, just a... <laughs> Imagine that. Did you hit the point where you're like, I'm not sure if I can stop? No, <laughs> the bikes are so small, even though they have drum brakes. It was very easy to stop. And um, we were riding with a lot of big bikes like GSs, which could outpower us going up a hill for sure. But going down mountains, we sailed past them. Huh. They could not keep up in the turns or going mm-hmm. downhills. And on the straightaways, we did pretty good because we could, we were much um, narrower. Yeah. So we could um, go between trucks to pass cars and stuff like that. You know, we could cool. get out of situations better. So when's, uh, when's the next, the crew going to come by? And uh, you're waiting until the second crew comes yeah, back. Yeah, the second crew is starting okay. in a week or two. Okay. Some of them our, our own gym is already in Istanbul. Yeah. Um and so um Stark. we're going to wait for them. Hmm? Jim Stark? No, Jim uh, Eckerman. Eckerman. Yeah. Um when they get back, then we're going to bring people from both tours to talk about our combined experiences there. Rad. But Cool. Um Yeah, stay tuned for that, listeners. That's why I wanted to share the roads because Yeah. Moin let me just open up and go go <laughs> go wild. But it was sketchy um at first not knowing who the enemy was, which I later figured out no one was the enemy. It was yourself actually. No one was the enemy. <laughs> there was nobody there to kidnap or kill me. Not a single one. But I would uh, he'd say, "Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead." We'd be he know that we're going to be on this road for like 3 hours before we get to the next turn. Yeah. So he would just let me go and he would go hang back with the slower riders because he knew how much time he had before he had to catch up to me before the junction. So sometimes I'd be riding for a couple hours by myself through Pakistan. I remember one point I got to the gas station before everyone else. So it's just me and I pull up and uh, so I'm like, okay, um, I'll just wait here. And uh, I asked the guy at the station, um, Coke, Coke, you have coke of which he's like oh oh and he gestures and he starts walking me around the back of the gas station so then i get this okay i'm here alone with a guy 
who maybe he's now going, oh, I got an American. This one's worth 20 grand. Let me call my friends. <laughs> and he takes me to a bathroom. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Coca-Cola? Oh, no, no, no. No Coke. And I'm like, oh, okay. But there was just that flash, that moment of, is this it? <laughs> and oh, I should say, prior to that, there had been graffiti on a rock, uh, like Down with America, signed yeah. ISIS, which turns out the teenagers do that for fun. True. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Shit. I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, there was a couple of those. That's like, cool. oh, but it was fun. Stan, you got a new bike. Kind of. Yeah. We, new for me. We mentioned it briefly on an earlier podcast, but. Yeah. Knock had the opportunity to go write it, and now that you're here to talk about it, I want to hear. You can ask Knock. Well, well no, better okay. So, what is the bike what you bike got? Did you it's get? a 2015 Aprilia Capo Nord 1200 okay. travel pack. I have to finish the whole name, so it's a really long, horrible <laughs> name. Yeah, and you traded your uh, Beamer for it? Yeah, straight across. Cool. Uh, a 2011 R1200 RT with okay. 30 thousand miles. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Capo Nord. I yeah. want to say first off, it Rolls is a good-looking bike. It is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's more than I would have said. It's it's that not bad. Better. It's not as bad as some, but I, I I'm kind of in between on it. I actually think the RT was a little better looking, but hmm. but no, it's just I decided life's too short. Wanted to do something a little different. Yeah. Um, I got tired of fighting with suspension. Heard this one was good. Test rode it right out of the box. It was much better than anything I've ever done. Yeah, it's got the uh, semi-active uh, electronic suspension. It's fully automatic. Oh, is it fully automatic? Okay, As cool. in it's reading the, if yeah. the shock travel and adjusting damping based on the speed. Yep. Wow. Yep. Of the dampers and stuff, yeah. That sounds it's nice. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I got tired. Well, you know, you start riding a dirt bike like you know, my old husky. It's like a two-by-four jammed up your butt on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, no, it's, it's really nice. It has uh, side cases. It's all automatic. It's a whole lot of fun. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. So what's what's list on a bike, on this bike? Uh, 15. Okay. So I got it for about 10 five out the door. Nice. Cool. So knock, what did you think? It was a demo. It's, it was definitely. Oh, uh, what I thought about it? It was great. Um, has a lot of poke. This is on a 1100? 1200. It's a 190 degree V-twin. Um, lots of torque. Very smooth delivery. Uh, the feeling was great. Uh, I did some parking lot maneuvers uh, with low throttle openings, and it was fine. Because sometimes I find that, that that could be a weakness for certain kinds of bikes, for especially twins especially. They want to kind of like be opened up a little bit, and they're a little snatchy down low. Um, did it feel like a big bike? No, it felt smaller than it actually was. The thing is like 500-something pounds, and you do feel it when you're kind of carting it around on your foot, but when you're actually riding it, it kind of that weight kind of disappears, and it you know hides itself. Um, great turning. It turns great. It, it's real nimble for its size and weight. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd own one. Yeah, it's cool. six and a half gallon tank. So yeah, it goes huge some tank. Serious distance. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of feel that thing. Was that was your tank half full or mostly full? Yeah, mostly full. Okay, yeah. Is this considered an adventure tour or a sport tour? Um, sport tour. It's okay. got seventeen inch wheels. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's basically same size. It's you know one twenty <clears throat> seventy seventeen front. Yeah. Right. It's not the seventeen nineteen like the GSs. Yeah. The only thing I didn't really like about it was the way uh, it handled mid corner. But I think we attributed that to the fact that the tires weren't spec factory size tires, and they were uh, the profile was just kind of worn. Well, well right? actually, actually, they actually are spec. Oh, they are. Okay. But 
the same wheel. It's a it's a really wide. It's like six and a half or seven inch wheel mm-hmm. with a one eighty tire. Yeah, there it which is. Which it's really uh. too wide for that size tire. Um, and I think they did it to kind of slow it down a bit. Uh, the same wheel on a Tuono and an RSV is a one ninety. Yeah. And so I think when I when this one wears out, I'll just put a one ninety on there. Rumor has it that that makes it a lot better. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't horrible. It's just like. You just gotta adjust your riding style for it. Yeah, but yeah, and then you combine cool. that with like a sixty-inch wheelbase, which to put that in perspective, yeah, I think, you know, little ninjas are not much over fifty, I think. Um, and it's actually longer. My uh, ST4S is like fifty-six inches, so it's wow. definitely you feel the wheelbase. Yeah, you definitely it. feel the wheelbase. Mm. But yeah, it's lots a great of bike. travel. Lots, lots of, of travel. travel. Um, yeah, I like it. It's a cool bike. Everybody yeah. should. Uh, Congratulations, Dan! Yeah, 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 take a ride cool. on one of those cruise control. Every you, time I would never buy a bike again without cruise control. Someone <laughs> has it. Every time someone else gets a new bike, I want a new one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Gets the bug. Cat, uh, you wore some on your head today, and you t- <laughs> just from, <laughs> on my face on my on head. your face in your head. Yeah. We actually had a live uh, test of the review review helmet by review or whatever it's fucking called. But this helmet has a periscope in it and allows you to see behind you. And kind so, of. Um, kind, well, okay, kind <laughs> of. Okay, Kat, why don't you uh, let us, uh, what the story is on, on this. You well, took it around the block? So or? I first want to say, so yeah. yeah, I bought this helmet because Moyne had one. Yeah. And on the trip, he didn't have mirrors on his bike. And I didn't yeah. know how he was doing it. He didn't reveal. Yeah. Hmm. And then he showed us his helmet, this review helmet and i put it on i'm like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> this is so badass You're i went the future you should i know went about online this. and ordered it so it'd be here right. for me when i got back <laughs> yeah so bagel's looking at it right now bagel have you seen one of these i have not seen one in person but i've seen them online before it's pretty cool check it out so i had cat i haven't even had a chance to wear it i'm not riding yet because i'm still out of it and i still keep ending up on the wrong side of the road <laughs> But um, I sent Cat out to go try it to get a review. So what do you think? Um, at first glance, it's definitely an alien head shape. It's got a higher profile. Um, I put it on, and of course, the novelty of having a rear view mirror in your helmet is kind of intense. Um, in practicality, out on the road, I use my mirrors a lot. I'm one of those people mm-hmm. that yeah. I like using my mirrors. Having a mirror inside of my helmet found myself just staring at it (laughs) yeah i found myself staring at my mirror a lot more than i was staring at what's in front of me which i think is definitely dangerous i think that having mirrors on the sides force you to look avert your vision from where you feel where it should be To move your head to move your head to avert your vision and then you realize your body's in the wrong position yeah and you go back to looking at the road right so i want to describe so the mirror on this is a tiltable mirror that's right at your forehead um Mm -hmm. and it aligns with a mirrored uh channel that goes across the top in an arc across the top of the helmet and then there's a window on the back that looks just like a chrome piece but it's an actual window so when you're looking in it you can see what was your your scope of vision uh 
mediocre for me. I don't know if it's because it didn't fit me right or if it was just mediocre. At, yeah. But um, it has a very narrow scope of vision, and if you're not tilted exactly the right way and not positioned, it's the sky or the or your ass. Yeah. So there is yeah. a learning curve yeah. to, to wear, or yeah. wearing it. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, Moyne did say he had a learning curve. It took a while, but then mm-hmm. once you get used to it, it's a small head motion to, to scan, scan everything yeah. behind you yeah. and I around that. you. That yeah. was super cool. I was able to go on the roundabout and completely scan my entire environment, and then before doing anything, I could just kind of mm-hmm. tilt and look and bobble and see everything, cool. which was nice. Um, I just hope that soon they'll have a clearer image quality because right now it looks like watching a 3D movie without the glasses on. It's slightly um, distorted. It's it's, it's I pretty think severely distorted. I think mm. your brain has to adjust, but it also comes with a tool I haven't played with yet, so you can adjust the arc of the mirror. That might help. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty severely distorted. It's a it's, uh, very narrow scope of vision plane and... Uh, it's not the it does have great ventilation i don't i don't know if that's contributed to the fact that it's a large and i generally wear a showy extra small because mm-hmm. i have a tiny pinhead or <laughs> what but it does have really nice ventilation and um it, ha- it has a nice padding and good head feel which is pretty rare in novel quote unquote novelty motorcycle helmets i feel it's it's either you get a bluetooth or you get a cooled mirrored visor or you get a whatever yeah. and you sacrifice either ventilation or comfort or you sacrifice something it does have a really nice chin strap too it clips in like the nolan helmets um which i love i don't know why they don't do more of those chin straps because they're friggin brilliant yeah the and they're quick release like if anything flies into your helmet like a wasp which i've had happen <laughs> i was really thankful i had my nolan on that day because you just out. bloop and you're out and it's awesome cool yeah well i'm looking forward to learning to ride with this and they actually Mm -hmm. say that it's got a little bit better protection because of that that gap that channel Hmm. going across the top of the head it's just another crush zone yeah um was that retail for i got that for four hundred dollars from revzilla yeah yeah it's it's, i noticed i tried it on um, the the appearance is kind of like when you're looking at a, a pano picture. Mm-hmm. You ever taken a pano picture? It's yeah. like mm-hmm. that from a distance. Yeah. And then um, it's also more tuned for the round kind of head shape as right. opposed to the long narrow. So if you can, if it fits you, it might be a good idea. Yeah, I, I've yeah. noticed you could definitely cue in on movement though, which is you know what the human eye does kind of. Yeah. So yeah. If you see movement, you're like, oh, you're alerted by I, it. I so. I just know I have a lot of bikes that the mirrors are situated at a point where I can just I see my shoulder and then just beyond my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have something where you can see behind you. I think it takes a certain type of rider though because it's I, be cool. I'm yeah. super ADD and I was staring at that thing way too much. <laughs> well, and that's how I am as a rider. I have to cut shit out. I know I have to cut it out. I'll get something new and I'll be like, oh, this is super cool. And then halfway through the ride, I'm like, I got to get rid of this. I'm staring at it. Sure. Yeah. I it can't totally. do it. Well, it has, it has really, really limited like real estate in the mirror, in the periscope. Like you can't see that much. And so you have to kind of, I think you have to kind of get used to seeing that image and that being natural to see it and adjust yeah. it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may just be like a, a getting used to it too. I mean, you only yeah. tried it for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was I thought it was bitching. So I yeah, bought it. And that, again, cool. it's it's Revu R E E V U helmet and they have them I think Amazon and Revzilla. Oh, like Rearview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh, smart. <laughs> <laughs> smart. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> 
Beagle, you showed up. What's going on, man? Yeah, well, did a little, uh, well, actually, I, I've got a sort of, well, got a, an old bike back, I should say. Okay, cool. Which um, would you, which, you get back? I got my 2007 Vespa GTV back that cool. was oh, in Austin. Yeah, you finally got that. Yes, yeah. it's been sitting there for a number of years because I was working there and had my bike shipped out there, and then the travel budget got canceled, so I haven't been back there in like two and a half years. Yeah. So I figured it was time to get the bike. And, um, and because you're down on running bikes. Yeah, well, there's that too. <laughs> um, and uh, But uh, I figured, you know, I've been uh, was thinking about riding it back, and uh, there was a sort of a confluence of events that made it a really good time to do it. So while you were away in Pakistan, I went and did that. Um, <clears throat> flew into Austin, uh, rode from Austin up to uh, Colorado Springs, for the uh, Heinkel Fest scooter rally. Oh wow, that a, that exists, huh? Yes, uh, this is uh, for old German scooters called Heinkels, which is actually my first scooter. Is that like Kankles, but better? Yeah, <laughs> it's better than Kankles, yes, definitely. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we uh, we had a great uh, great time there. We had I think seventeen Heinkels in all, which is a record I think for North America at least since they were originally imported in the sixties. And, and these are extremely well-made high-end scooters, right? They they were back in the day. Um, they are they were very solid, uh, not particularly powerful for their size, but very very comfortable. They're sort of the Cadillac of motor scooters. And um, <clears throat> we took a ride up to Pikes Peak and to the Royal Gorge, um, and had uh, had a great time there cool. uh, the week after uh, um, uh, Labor Day. So then uh, from there, visited a friend in, in uh, Denver for a couple of days and then rode back. Um, well, I did two days from Austin up to Colorado Springs. That was something like, I don't know, 1,100 miles, I think. Um, and, uh, and on a side note, while uh, I was listening to the podcast uh, on my way up there, and uh, the, the day that you all were bitching about the heat here in Santa Cruz, how hot it was, I was doing 500 miles through the Texas desert in 100-degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like playing the world's smallest violin as I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. So and, uh, we, are we, we like our we like our weather. Here, yes, I know the way we want it. It's a five degree zone. Yeah, which it's exactly happy. right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so I did two days to Colorado Springs and then two days uh, two days from Colorado or from Denver actually all the way back here, and that was that was an even tougher ride. That was. 15 hours in the saddle the first day, over 620 miles, and then 14 hours in the saddle, doing four, 670 miles on, uh, when was that, two days ago. Yeah. That's so, cool. That's yeah. a, a lot of mileage, man. It's a lot. I did over 2,500 miles in two weeks on the bike. And, cool. Uh, yeah, but it was a good trip. The only problem I had was an exhaust gasket blew out on me, and I had a spare, so I popped it in on the side of the road. Is that a known thing? Oh, it's yeah. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a wearable Pre- part. Premeditated. Yeah. Six-pack exhaust gaskets. Yeah. Yep. So, and uh, could yeah. be worse. You could be carrying points. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Glad I don't have to deal with that on the bike. Yeah. I was following your trip on Facebook. Oh cool. Too. Yeah. So was I. Cool. Hey Zach. Yeah. Where can the uh, listeners find us? Uh, you can find us online at motorcyclesmisfits.com on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail dot com. You can call and leave us a voicemail at. Eight three one two nine one five one one two. Nailed it. Well, there you go. I don't even. I, I think I'm gonna just make it a point not to remember the number. That, you know that that's like the only <laughs> phone number I know besides my own. Just I so know. you know, <laughs> we're special. Yes, somebody believes in us. Um, I guess that kind of wraps it up for today. 
or for tonight, right? Is there anything yeah, else? I I think so. Is there so. anything else you want to talk about, Liza? No, we're just we're are all we, we're all tired. Are we winding well, down to our NPR voice? Uh, well, I yeah, just wouldn't want to notice. Yeah, I probably won't be around the next couple of next month or so because I'm going to be performing at the uh, Northern California Renaissance Fair at Casa okay. de Fruta. Yeah. So if anybody Geek. wants to come out and see me. Nerd! Yes. Performing, nerd. no less. See me nerd out singing uh, body medieval <laughs> drinking songs. Come on over to uh, the, the Casa de Fruta Ren Fair and uh, I'll be at the uh, the coughing sheep stage. All right. Bring Damn. ye coughing horseless sheep? carriage coughing upon sheep. thine yes. continents. Oh, and Bagel, since you're here, we need to start plotting next year's Tin Butt 200. All right. <laughs> I think I think we need to start talking about you're, that. You're, gonna, okay. you're not gonna let it go, aren't you? Oh, no, it's, it's a thing. It's a big thing. Do, do okay, we, it's a thing. It's a thing. Do, do we actually have people with bikes that can ride on it? Maybe. That's. <laughs> let's, we'll, let's, we'll sort that out. Let's start with that. How about start that? out. Start sleeving down our two fifty. All right, and so we're signing out. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'm Knock. I am Zach. I'm Jonathan. This is Liza. This is Cat. Mm, bagel. And stand. And we out. Ooh. Ooh.